Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your co-hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other host, Pam Bentley. And our guest this afternoon, we're happy to have in studio, Henry Beisel. Hi, Henry. Hi. Very good to have you here. It's great to be here, especially on a day when the sun shines. Mm -hmm. And you've been traveling around, touring, doing, reading your new book? Yes, I'm touring my new, promoting my new book called Sightlines, published by Guernica Editions in uh, Toronto. Okay, and you're going to share something from that book to kick things off, right? Yes, I will do that. It's not easy to pick, but I will pick the first one. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Its title is Through the Rain's Eyes. I have watched the news and walked down the lane into the forest, where the rain's voice is still green as August. The trees lean into the light like crows, their trunks black and glossy. Their branches follow the crooked ways of the wind that delivers autumn willy-nilly with a cold eye. No bird sings in this weather, leaves wet and still green fall to the ground, numb and mute, one by one, like famished children Mm. along a dusky track in Somalia or in Sudan. Suddenly something gives, the force that holds the parts in place, let's go. Except that the desert speaks in tongues of fire, sucks bodies dry till they drop, emaciated, dying in the crooked ways of a world of plenty. Wet leaves begin to mat the forest floor between wild garlic, wild mushrooms and wintergreen. They stick to the soles of my boots and cluster until I walk on lily pads as though to polish the many mirrors the rain has cast across my path, pools reflecting larger worlds in miniature. Reflecting worlds to be seen clearly through the rain's eyes. You cannot count the leaves in this patch of forest, or at night the stars in this patch of sky, no more than the tears shed in Somalia or in the slums of Bombay, Bogota, Brazzaville, continents of sick and hungry hungry children. Oh, you can count them all right, one by one. Every 22 seconds makes 35,000 per day, totaling 12,775,000 dying every year. Can you measure their pain or their mother's grief? A spider has hung a row of raindrops out to dry between ferns. 
trapping in each a world where everything is upside down. Trees dance on clouds, the rain jets up in countless sputtering fountains, and I hang by my feet from a patch of earth lost in a wobbling globe. The wind bends and stretches the trees, bends and stretches my legs, then plucks me off the line, drops me, and I fall head first, spatter on the ground, and lie shattered among fragments of forest and sky. Thus images shatter in the rain's eyes, just like the credulous images that shatter in the breaking eyes of children. Kaleidoscopes of what might have been. Hunger plucks them from their lifelines, drops and buries them without ceremony in the ever-drifting sands of all the Saharas of our madness. The rain washes the trees, washes my face, but it cannot wash the stain from my heart. The wet leaves on the trees shudder in the wind. The dampness draws the cold to my skin. I shiver. September brings home a promise of new seasons. But the children of Somalia shall never hear what the still green voice of the rain whispers. Thank you, Henry. I like how you uh, juxtapose the wetness of the forest and the dryness of the desert and how the desert is uh, the dryness of poverty and, and that sort of thing. I like how you ba balance the two or bounce the two back and forth. Well, the credit goes to nature herself <laughs> because I had actually seen a program on television. I did live for 35 years in a forest where I had built my own house, my own home, and I had a path that I walked and I was very upset by this, car, this broadcast, this television, and walked. And that's what was there. Nature mm -hmm. handed me the poem, so to speak. Yeah. You're carrying the desert with you into the forest. Yeah. Uh, I also like the way that you use what you see there to, to have the reverse, you know, like the, the upside down raindrops, because we're getting the sense as you're talking and walking and carrying what you've just seen on the TV and all the news of the world and what's going on in Somalia, you're carrying that with you and it's it's like upside down, right? That's sort of the way things, you don't want them to be that way. No, of course. Yeah. And that's again, I suppose it's a matter of observation. If you ob observe through raindrops, that's what happens in the lens, mm -hmm. uh, or even at the back of our eyes, the world is upside down, mm -hmm. but the, the brain reverses it. And so this notion of a world of madness in which everything is upside down, children, innocent children in Somalia are dying from hunger, and we throw the f food out in the garbage mm -hmm. that we could save their lives. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is a... a a world of madness, as far as I'm concerned. And you said that, before we went on air, you said that uh, these are concerns that you often write about, that you often write about um, social justice and and um, events and happenings and things that you see happening in the world. Absolutely. Because it's, in, it's very important to your... Well, I don't think any poet or writer can be taken seriously who will not address the economic and political problems of our time because we are in a situation where we may actually do away with the human species. Unless we learn to create a kinder world in which we share the fruits of our labors, we will 
destroy ourselves. And you think that poets and poetry are essential in us not doing that, in the possibility of us arresting I, I think that. It's, everyone has to pitch in. We all have to use whatever skills or gifts or talents we have to change the course of the ship of fools that mm -hmm. we're in. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we're going to go over the cliff. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that uh, in that context of you're definitely raising awareness of these issues, but how do we go past, say, you're going to a poetry reading, you, you read these poems and everybody agrees, yes, these are horrible things, this is uh, really bad, and then we all go home to our, you know, a lot of us go home to comfortable lives, and then so how do we step beyond that and do something about it, or do you have thoughts on that? Well... <laughs> Uh, I'm, it's very important for me that the writer, that the poet, does not become a propagandist. I am not there to tell people what to do. I am there to hold up the mirror, if you want to use the bard's mm -hmm. image, so that you, you lose your innocence. You are going to have to decide. Even if you decide to do nothing, you become guilty. Mm -hmm. You become, you are, we are all responsible for the world we live in. How we deal with that is not for me to say, but I want to make sure that you know what's happening and you know that you must address it. What does it involve? Well, if you just go home and carry on, then uh, one day Homo sapiens will disappear from the planet and Goody, all the other creatures will say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's not, I don't know, maybe it's not such a bad thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, mean, I guess I'm thinking in the terms that a lot of people will go to a reading and hear these things and agree with them and, and feel, you know, that they're, they've empowered themselves or something and then don't do anything about it. Mm. Um, and so I'm just, and, and I'm not even necessarily telling what people what to do in a poem, I'm just curious if you, if you have thoughts of then, okay, well now, what can I do or what can we do or what should, you know, ideas yeah. around that? Well, I have lots of ideas about that, but they're, they're part of my private life. I, mm -hmm. take, I take action. I go take to the streets. We should all be taking to the streets and send these fools that are supposed to be leaders out into the desert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They can cry for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Count right. their tears. <laughs> Um, so you've been you you first book was in 1966. You have written over 20 books of poetry as well as plays and essays. Um, has that view or any other views that you want to talk about? How has that changed or shifted in your writing or what you try to do with your poetry or what the intent of your poetry is? Well, I serve at least two purposes. First of all, I write not because I have some wisdom to share but because I am confronting a world, an event, an experience, a relationship that I don't understand. Writing enables me to clear that up for myself. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm hoping that other people who are in similar situations will go to the poem and find that it also addresses their problem. It helps them mm. solve the problem. Those are the, the double. Now, how... Since 66, what are we talking about, 50 years, <laughs> um, I have changed. That's really for an outsider to judge. Certainly, I think I understand better what makes the world tick, so to speak. It doesn't make me any happier. Hmm. Because yeah. when I see the greed that now dominates, 
the fact that money is the only value. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. If you make a million dollars a year, however you do it, you're a big man. Mm. When you live in a world in which a hockey player will make five times the salary that I got as a professor for 30 years, there's something wrong, mm -hmm. is there not? Yeah, I overheard somebody online, well, I would say oversaw somebody online because it was posted, saying today, don't fool yourself that this is a broken system. The system is working exactly how it was intended by the people who set it up. And that, that is, that's what you're, that's what you're mentioning, Absolutely. right? It's like, Absolutely. It, it's set for certain people to get ahead and it, others And not. it can only come down with some form of violence. I hate to say that because I am a, a pacifist. I don't believe in violence. Uh, I've been through a war, and I think war is inexcusable. But some form of violence is necessary because the people who now own the world, so to speak, aren't going to give it up no, peacefully, really, period. Could, would I you, don't know the answer. You right. see, that's, that's when you asked me about the answer. I don't right. know what it is. Yeah. I, I, saw in some, I saw in East Germany, for example, the regime fell because people went into the streets with candles and walked and said, we have had enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe resistance, Stop. unless, you know, maybe resistance more than violence, right? Because resistance doesn't always have to be violent. No, the response to it can turn yeah. violent, yeah. but... Yeah. yeah. Well, but most of the things that have ha like happened that were through violence, though people say that you know it's the passive civil disobedience is useful, but in the end there has to I feel like I'm of that mindset. But in the recent, I think it's it's going to be violent as well. It's just there's too much standing up against uh, the system changing unless it's going to be something uh, violent. And what that violence is, I don't know. Obviously, mm. but. well, you can see already that the state is using violence. Yeah. The police both in Canada and in the States, is shooting to kill. Mm -hmm. Well, the you, secret... you wonder, have they ever heard of disabling somebody? Yeah. No, there's a 16-year or 19-year or whatever he was with a pocket knife. Yeah. They shoot two, nine bullets in them. Yeah. Right. Well, These two, are killers. Day, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they are sanctioned by the state, and they settle their legal affairs behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Something has gone wrong with the world. I was just reading a book that there's like $50 billion goes into the secret, the dark economy of the American government. Yeah. It's more than is spent on the above ground. And that right. started in like you know at I, in Eisenhower's time when he said we can't make this stuff a secret and it became secret. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, I kind of knew that, but it was uh, quite horrifying to see the extent of it. And it's all over the world. All the secret torture chambers, um, uh, Guantanamo Bay. I mean, all of this, and that they they do things that are illegal all the time. Yeah. And we can't hold a, a knife but and Eisenhower, not get shot, right? So, but remember, or maybe not we, but. Eisenhower warned us. Yes. Eisenhower warned us of the military-industrial complex. Yes. If you don't stop it, it will take over. Yeah, war as and capitalism. It has taken over yeah, now. For sure. All right, let's hear another poem. <laughs> yeah, now you had said before we went on air too, like you were trying to decide which one, and you were saying you had all these different kinds of poems in this book, your new book, Sightlines. Yeah, I want to. I so want yeah, to, let's hear another one of I those. I want to read one uh, sort of more upbeat. Good. Okay. <laughs> and we all, like we mentioned too, like we never know where that conversation is going to go from one poem. So that was no. pretty interesting to see. Where yeah. That I'll, I'll, I'll write, read the one here now. Okay. Uh, and while we're, uh, Henry's taking a look. 
Taking a look through his book, you're listening to Co-op Radio here on CFRO 100.5 FM. Our show is Wax Poetic. I'm R.C. Wislowski with Pam Bentley, and our guest today is Henry Beisel. So I now read a poem called Leap into the Light. It's a celebration of the birth of my grandson, Bennett, who came into the world six weeks after my 80th birthday. <laughs> the pulse that pumped the seed prompted the drumbeat that woke you, a soft, nimble pounding to summon generations for an assembly of parts to embody an ancient blueprint. The blind seed found its partner and blindly they embraced the intricate symmetries where to draw the strength and hone the skills for a bold leap breaching the surface of darkness. You are that leap into the light. Mm. Newborn, you burst in a flurry of promise and potential from histories recorded in star tracks and stones to protest to protect life stridently against oblivion. Who knows what shudder at the cosmic birth sent light years eddying across the void to spin electrons and protons into vortices that still ignite millions of suns each day. They catch fire in the centrifuge of galaxies and spread energy to animate dead matter. You learn to walk upright into that mystery on a planet that's but a hiccup in a cloud of dust. We are composed of what rain washed from rock and the inexorable wind carried across land and sea. Fruit and fusion and diffusion at play in a patch of light passing between one impenetrable darkness and another. Yet in that leap and play lies the key to all the wonders of the world that whet your appetite for living. Playful, we poke the membrane of what appears to be real, groping for the tempting how and the enigmatic why in things and their shadows, push open doors, windows of perception inch by inch, until our senses are wide awake and clamor to rejoice in the passion of being here and there being an infinite recession of reasons. Today's seas are turbulent, and the coming stores will exact a price for overdrawing our allotment. The tempests of our passion have driven us off course. Tomorrow is your chance to pilot the ship home. It's a stormy, unforgiving sea you'll have to cross in a ship whose engines are failing, whose crew is waking from a dream of lotus land too late to find their bearings, and a killer wind is tearing the sails we hoist to shreds. Lunacy is already the order of the day. The captain is counting gold coins in his cabin while desperate passengers uh, brawl between decks, to, to, to reach derelict lifeboats, monster waves will capsize before they are launched. Such is the winter of the age you are born into, with the promise of another spring, and the power to blossom and translate anguish into music and dance that are the mind's own purpose and fulfillment. 
Let not the pain of living consciously diminish its joys. The seasons wheel, wheel all things through the phases of the moon and the conflagrations of the sun. Watch a spring dawn hang dewdrops out to dry in a spider's web, while the early light stings with the voice, sorry, sings with the voices of birds and flowers break into exclamations of color. Feel a soft summer wind fondle your velvet and fragrant in the arms of your first eternal love. Smell the heavy bouquet of an autumn afternoon, rich with decay and renewal, its light maturing to a glass of sherry as you toast the anniversary of trees at their carnival of heedless dancing leaves. Taste the first snowflake, and no winter is a sleigh ride from the top of your dreams to the depth of your delight in defiance down the long slope of never-ending merry-go-round stories that tell the wind all your adventures, all your moments of ecstasy in which beauty turns into truth before silence returns to the forests you explored, the seas you sailed, the cities you built. Life is a mixed bag, bursting at the seams with trivia and surprises. Between the week's science and lit classes, Saturday's soccer game and Sunday's concert, there are worlds of beauty, corruption and mystery to explore. Between mum's chicken soup and your predilection for desserts, there is enough food for thought to tantalize you in your insatiable curiosity for a dozen lifetimes. Against the daily grind, I recommend exercises in bravado. Hmm. One needs to grow wings and fly beyond the petty turmoil born in, of ambition, greed and ignorance. But remember Icarus. The moth's craving for the candle is stilled once only, yet we must reach forever for what we cannot grasp. Supreme ecstasy springs from knowing freedom, and to be free we must learn to unknow everything we know, so that we can, so that we can become what we are, part of the whole, where phoenix soars into another dawn. Wow. Thank you so much. I love that. Well, thank you. Yeah, that made me think. So we were talking all about everything, turmoil and everything here. And then, oh, yeah, there's the universe out there. And it's we're just a little dot in it, too. You know? And joy and yeah, and soccer games. and <laughs> <laughs> It's all part of it. Yeah. I think this uh, has become uh, over the years a, gr a, a growing concern for me, a vista of the world as seen through modern physics, mm. astrophysics, modern science, let's say, because it opens up a universe that is almost unbelievable, but of a magnificence that's, that's just mind-shattering. Mm. But it, this, it's, I, I, I am of two, I'm of two f feelings about it. Because on the one hand, you could say, well, we are a speck of dust. This is an uninteresting galaxy, and it is. And the sun is a boring pl uh, 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 sun, planet, uh, sun. Star. Star, I mean, sorry. Um, but that's a danger. That's good if it humbles you. 
you say the universe is not there for me mm. or for us. It's bad if it leads you to think, well, if that's the case, we might as well do what, what mm -hmm. we like, yeah, yeah. take as much as we can, to hell with it. That's, that would be the wrong approach. What I hope people will learn from it is that they become humble and that life becomes more precious because it is so improbable. All the forces in the universe are waiting to pounce on life and exterminate it. Mm -hmm. For us to have it for as many years as we do is absolutely magnificent. And we should all be grateful and celebrate that gift in ourselves and in others. Yeah, I think there's um, a struggle with humanity between some sort of what I'll describe as old school fundamentalism uh, of existing in the world rather than existing not in the future, but at least the old ways are the old ways and based on the ways that helped us live for a while. Uh, it's almost like being in an abusive relationship. You know, you, you develop skills to survive for a while and then you move past that trauma and then you don't know how to survive anymore. And so you flip back into the old behaviors rather than finding the new behaviors that will sustain you going forward. And I think we're stuck. People are stuck in the middle right now and we're fighting against those old tendencies and trying to come up with the new ways. And so we've got all this conflict and all this uh, which may be as much as we've had all along. We just see more of it now because of the internet and all that sort of stuff. But I think we're in the crux of something, no, either it, one it, way or the other. Something big, point. something yeah, big change or big destruction. It has changed, and we are in a crisis situation such as the human species has perhaps never experienced before. And this struggle with the old ways, you know, they've, we've, they've given us life and mm -hmm. things are fine. And the new waves which demand changes, including sacrifices of us, mm -hmm. the trouble is that the political system encourages us to go back to the old ways yeah, yeah. so yes. that those who benefit from this system can go on filling their pockets or their bank accounts. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're reading uh, tomorrow, correct? Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes, you're I'm talking reading. to reading tomorrow. Uh, at 7 p.m. At Pandora, the Pandora's Collective's Twisted Poets at Cottage Bistro. Uh, you're going to be reading there. There's an open mic uh, sign up is at 7 and then it starts around 7.30. Also reading with you tomorrow night are Ellie Crowley Gardner and Jennifer Zilm, two local poets who have books out recently. Um, and that is... Um, I think that's all I have to say about Twisted Poets. <laughs> there's so much going on tomorrow night. Like there's three things. There's that. And then there is also the On Edge reading series, which is uh, at the Emily Carr University Library on Johnston Street. So that's down on Granville Island. And that is Julianne Okot-Bitek and Raul Fernandez, who've both been on the show, are reading at 7 o'clock at the On Edge reading series can't lit live which is part of that kind of pop-up shop at the little mountain shop all week um is on and that's that podcast from uh, daniel zombrelli and uh dina del buccia and they are um interviewing for their can't lit live live jen sukvang lee and um the novelist anakana showfield i know i haven't seen her said her first name correctly but that's all going on tomorrow night but henry will be at twisted poets at seven o'clock at cottage bistro on main street is the stuff at little mountain is that part of word vancouver 
Or is that uh, just their own things that happened? I think it's just their own thing, but I think they probably timed it around Word Vancouver because, as you know, Word Vancouver is this weekend, so there's so much stuff going on for Word Vancouver as well. I, we can't even like hit it all, but um, you, you flip through and it's like a, it's like a list of all the people we've had on the show mm. or we're going to have on the show. Uh, but part of Word Vancouver tonight is the Poetry in Transit, celebrating the 20th anniversary of Poetry in Transit, the poems on the buses. And that is at the Emerald in the Cabaret Room at 555 Gore Avenue. And that's from 7 to 9 tonight. And that is um, kind of part of Word, but it's the Poetry in Transit specific thing. And on uh, Saturday night, it's the Pandora's Collective Annual Gala and Awards Ceremony happening at uh, the CBC uh, downtown, seven, uh, not 700 Georgia, but uh, right downtown across from the Vancouver Public uh, no, Library. And uh, you can come check that out. It's free, and they'll be handing out awards hosted by Sean Cranberry. Yeah, and then Sunday all day from 11 to 5 in Library Square is the actual word Vancouver. But even as it says on the front thing, more events around town from September 21st to 24th. So that starts tonight. Well, all I can say is con- congratulations. Poetry seems to be well, alive and well in Vancouver. Hugely alive. I couldn't and well. say the same thing of Ottawa, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I lived it- there for 15 years and I never saw this many reading series, but I thought maybe it was because I was just not as involved then. Well, there are poets and there are some readings, but not anything comparable to what I've just heard. Yeah, yeah. And well, and then there's one more on Friday night, the Dominion Reading Series uh, at 7 p.m., which is at the International Center of Arts and Technology. That's put on by Candy Tanaka, and it's at 1012 207 West Hastings Street. Uh, that's Friday, September 23rd at 7 p.m. And uh, coming up on Monday at the Vancouver Poetry Slam, it is the Youth Poetry Slam, and that will be featuring spoken weird artist Tom Fowler from Victoria, and that should be a lot of fun as well. There'll be a mini feature from Johnny McRae as well, who most recently won the Individual World Poetry Slam playoff in Vancouver, and will be going to Flagstaff, Arizona now. Uh, But right here, we've got Henry Beisel. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for allowing me to speak to your lovers of poetry. Yeah, it's great to hear your poems. Um, and you're, so you're re- I mean, once again, he's reading tomorrow along with Jennifer Zilm and Ellie Crowley Gardner tomorrow, Cottage Bistro as part of Twisted Poets. And uh, I think that's. I wanted to mention one more thing, but while we were on Poetry Slam, that there's the the fundraiser on Sunday, the Slamathon, from nine a.m. to nine p.m. Uh, people can sign up to do poems to support the team going off to the Canadian Festival of Spoken Word in Winnipeg next month. Cool. Thank you very much again, Henry. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pam Bentley. And uh, no apologies necessary. It's coming up next. Thank you. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?